It's time for Truth Unfiltered with Pastor Chad Harvey. When things don't look good and everything's coming against you and you lift up holy hands and start praising Jesus, the demons are confused. They say, they're making any sense. He should be complaining. He should be cursing God. And yet he's praising God. I'm confused. Praise and worship confuses the enemy. That's Chad Harvey. And welcome to today's broadcast of Truth Unfiltered. We're glad you're here. Pastor Chad is the teaching pastor at Cross Assembly Church in Raleigh, leading you to a deeper understanding of the Bible by putting the scriptures in context, emphasizing how God's Word applies to our daily lives. We invite you to join us and allow the Holy Spirit to bring truth unfiltered to you. And now, here's Pastor Chad. NPR did a, um, a, a very positive story on Little Nas X recently. It says he's written children's books. He targets children. NPR says, quote, reaching kids on their level has been a part of Little Nas X's public persona. And that is Lucifer. That is Satan, the master of musician. He has now planted one of his among us. Back in the 90s, remember Nirvana and Kurt Cobain? And I, I would listen to stuff, and that's kind of interesting. Kurt Cobain, according to Christopher Sanford's biography, did say it was his goal in life to, quote, get stoned and worship Satan. So it is said that he was fixated with the founder of the Church of Satan's, Anton LaVey. He did used to spray paint on churches, quote, God is gay and abort Christ. No, no, Pastor, he's not Satan. Yes, he is satanic. In fact, I watched one of his videos this past week. It's a blasphemous video. And in this video, Jesus Christ is portrayed as a decrepit old man with a Santa Claus hat being crucified on the cross. And that is the enemy, Lucifer, understanding the power of music to infiltrate our culture. Carlos Santana has admitted that he channels a spirit to make his music. He even has a name for this spirit. The spirit's name is Metatron. I think it was Rolling Stone Magazine, I think, that printed this. Quote, Metatron is an angel. Santana has been in regular contact with him since 1994. Carlos will sit there facing the wall with candles lit. He has a yellow legal pad at one side ready for the communication that will come. It's kind of like a fax machine from a spirit, he says. The enemy is very wise and very crafty in infiltrating even the music industry. Pastor, you tell me that I can't listen to secular music. I'm saying you need to pray about it and you just do whatever Jesus tells you to do. But I am saying you guys got to be a lot more discerning in what you're putting in your brain and your spirit. I've said it before and it makes you mad every time and it makes you uncomfortable. So I'm going to say it again. If you have on your playlist songs that objectify women, you will struggle with your thought life. You will struggle with, with lust. And in fact, next time one of y'all come up to me and say, hey, I'm really struggling with my thought life. I'm gonna say, let me see your playlist. Because your playlist is gonna tell you a lot about who you are. Now again, do I have to get rid of all my secular music? I'm not gonna impose my convictions in this area on you. I do believe this. I've seen this happen so many times. When people get radically saved in this church, I don't even have to ask them to do this. Many times when they get radically saved, they throw away a lot of their junky stuff and they don't listen to it anymore. In fact, I remember my dad got saved. I was like five or six years old and my dad got saved and he had, um, he had a whole stack of records, okay? Now records, youth, they were these round, 
uh, black discs and had a hole in it. Okay. And, uh, you know, there were the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac and all that. Nobody told me this. I remember my dad got saved. He threw all those things away and went out and bought a bunch of, uh, uh, what's that guy? B.J. Thomas gospel albums, you know. Why? Because he just felt he could not walk with the Lord on the radical level God wanted him to and still be tied down with mess that had uh, entered his mind in the past. He said, I got to get rid of this stuff. So here's what I'm just asking you. I'm asking you as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, at least understand the dark side, the wicked side, the evil side of this music as spiritual warfare thing. But there's a positive side to this as well. There's a good side to praise and worship and music. And in fact, okay, uh, Ephesians 5, 19. Anytime I say Ephesians, here's what I want you to remember. I want you to remember Acts 19. In Acts 19, y'all remember this story? Ephesus is the epicenter of witchcraft. Did y'all know that? In the ancient world, Ephesus is like the witch war. It's like the Salem, Massachusetts of the, of the ancient world, okay? Paul goes in, preaches the gospel. Thousands of people get saved, including witches and warlocks. Remember reading this? And in Acts 19, they all get saved and they're like, we can't keep doing this witchcraft stuff and follow Jesus Christ. And so they burn all their magic books, okay? So Paul, now, when they get saved... Why, what church do you think they joined? The church at Ephesus. And so the book of Ephesians in your Bible is a letter that Paul wrote to a church that's probably filled with ex-witches and warlocks who've come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, 19. He says, hey, church, speak to one another in psalms, in hymns, and in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Do you see what he's saying to that church? He says, good God honoring worship music ought to be so ingrained in your brain that when y'all just start talking to each other, y'all just start quoting worship songs because it's just part of who you are. I think there's a connection here. Those of you who used to follow Satan overtly and openly, you're now following the Lord Jesus Christ. Saturate yourself with Christian worship songs to the point that when you talk, they just come out. That's the positive side to this. Now go back to Revelation 15. Remember, worship music is spiritual warfare. There's a bad side of that, there's a good side of that. And I want you to see this in Revelation 15 verse two. Now keep in mind, all right, Revelation 15, these are people who have come through the tribulation. They've probably been killed. Remember during the tribulation, remember I told you this, are we gonna be raptured before the tribulation? Yes. Will there be Christians on planet earth? No. But remember during the tribulation, the gospel is gonna go out more powerfully than it's ever gone out before. And some scholars believe there'll be more people saved during the seven years of tribulation than all 2000 years of Christianity combined. So these are people who've been saved during the tribulation and now they're marked men and women. The Antichrist is going to come after them. Satan is going to come after them. And here's what it says about these people. Okay, many of them are killed, and now this is the other side of glory, and it says, and I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire. And those who have the victory over the beast, over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, number 666, they have victory over 666, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. So these people are singing two kinds of songs. Those who have stood up against Satan, they stood up against the Antichrist, 
And now they're in glory. They sing two kinds of songs. The song of the Lamb, do you see that? And the song of Moses. Two songs that these tribulation saints sing. Look at this. It says they sang the song of the Lamb. Off to the side, put worship. Jesus-centered worship music. All right. Every now and then, it might be good to get away from a song that talks about how great you are and how wonderful you are and how God loves you. And it might be good to have a song that centers around the person, the work of the Lord Jesus Christ and how good and wonderful he is. Hey, what is the song of the lamb? It's right here in the Bible. The song of the lamb. You got to go all the way back to Revelation chapter five, verse 12. Here's the song of the lamb. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing, blessing and honor and glory to him who sits upon the throne forever and ever. That's the song of the lamb. Now say this, there ought to be a, an emotional component to your worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of y'all come from good old church. I'm, look, I'm not bashing the Baptists, the Episcopalians, the Presbyterians, but y'all come here and you get a little bit nervous about emotional worship. I don't know what your Bible says, but my Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's emotions. If I, I've said it before. If I said that later right there, I love you. You are wonderful. Uh, thank God for you. You've changed my life. Uh, plug me in. My battery is running dead. All right. She would doubt her love for me. If you love somebody, there is an emotional component. And the song of the lamb says, I can't help it. That man changed my life. That man died for me. I'm going to heaven because that man. How can you not get at least a little bit excited about that, church? And there's something, there's something about worship. Praise and worship that restores that love relationship. So I'm just saying, if your heart toward Jesus has grown cold, you need to have some good Christ-honoring worship, and it reignites that passion, that emotion, okay? And then it says, they sang the song of Moses. Do you see that in verse 3? Off to the side, put victory, because here's what the song of Moses is. It's kind of interesting. One of the last, pardon me, one of the first songs in the Bible, one of the first songs recorded, is the song of Moses, Exodus, I think, 15. One of the last songs in the Bible is the song of Moses here in Revelation 15. And the song of Moses was when God's people were getting cornered at the Red Sea by the armies of Pharaoh. Pharaoh is going to wipe them out. You know what they did? They said, God, I thought you loved us. Why are you bringing us out here to kill us? I can't believe you did this. They're they're angry at God. And then God uses Moses to open the Red Sea. They pass through. The the army of of Pharaoh follows. The water comes back down and destroys the army of Pharaoh. Then when they get to the other side, what do they do? Oh, give thanks to the Lord. He is good. He's a good, good God. Hey, they sang the right song. They just sang it on the wrong side. They should have been praising God when things didn't look good. See, that's our problem. We praise God when things look really good, but when things get bad, we get angry at God. We sing the right song on the wrong side. That's exactly what they did. Now, here's the song of Moses. When they finally get over, they say, God, you were good. You brought us through this crisis. You were faithful. You never left us. You destroyed our enemies. And you can see why the tribulation saints sing that song because there's a parallel here. Just like you saw God's people, God, in the Old Testament through their crisis to the other side, God, you have seen us through our crisis to the other side. We've got to sing the song of Moses as well. It's a song of victory. I'll tell you something. 
Singing brings victory. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. But praise and worship in the heavenly realms, it breaks something. It brings victory. In fact, one of the clearest examples of this is back in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Now, in 2 Chronicles 20, um, God's people are not being confronted by one army. There's multiple armies that are coming against God's people. Here's what God says. God says, don't bring in the Navy SEALs. They're like, what? No, don't bring in the Navy SEALs. Don't bring in the Green Berets. Don't bring the Army Rangers. Don't nuke them. I got a better plan. God, what's your plan? Get the worship team from the platform and have them go down and just start worshiping me. Worship team? Yeah, with their skinny jeans and their smoke and all of it. Get on down there and have them start worshiping. And the, the worship team starts worshiping. And what happens after consulting the people? The king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. And at the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies to turn against each other and start killing each other. And they wiped each other out. The praise of God's people confused the enemy. I love what Pastor John Piper says about this. About this passage, he says, the enemies of God are thrown into confusion by the songs of God's people. Or to put it another way, God has appointed the use of spiritual songs as an effective weapon against his arch enemy, Satan. That's our weapon. Because I just think it confuses the enemy when we begin to praise like that. In fact, have y'all heard of the Navajo talkers during World War II? Have you ever heard of them? See, we kept trying to do all these codes to communicate, and the Japanese kept breaking our codes. And finally, somebody had this idea. said, let's get some Navajo Indians, and let's have Navajo Indians start speaking the plans over the radio. Well, the Japanese intercepted it, but they couldn't understand the Navajo language. And it confused the Japanese. In fact, I read somewhere, we would not have taken Iwo Jima had it not been for the Navajo speakers. Their language confused the enemy. And when all hell's breaking loose and things don't look good and everything's coming against you and you lift up holy hands and start praising Jesus, the demons are confused. They say, it doesn't make any sense. He should be complaining. He should be cursing God. And yet he's praising God. I'm confused. Praise and worship confuses the enemy. And when you say, Pastor, it gives us victory. What kind of victory do we have through praise and worship? Because remember, the song of Moses is a song of what? Victory. Well, praise and worship gives us victory over lust in the flesh. Watch this. You will find it much easier to manage your thought life if when you're driving down the road, your truck and car is filled with praise and worship. You'll find your house much calmer when praise and worship fills that house. You're gonna find, watch this, you're gonna find that lust loses a lot of its power when you fill that house and that room that you're in with praise and worship. Some of y'all say, well, I got a porn problem, Pastor. Every time I get online, I can't help it. I go to images I shouldn't go to. What do I do? Start playing Amazing Grace every time you go on the computer. Guarantee you, you can't lust with Amazing Grace playing in the background, okay? We have victory over the lust and flesh. 
through praise and worship. We have victory over depression and anger and anxiety through worship. Saul in the Old Testament struggled with all three of those. He was a neurotic, psychotic man. And he struggled with depression, anger, anxiety. And there's a very interesting verse tucked into 1 Samuel. It says this in 1 Samuel 16, 23. And it came to pass that when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David, y'all know who that is. David took a harp and played it with his hand So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. It's powerful. A man is harassed by the demonic, and a godly man comes and plays God-honoring music, and the demon departed. Beloved, I'm going to say this again. We're not going to change this world if we are as angry as they are. If we're as scared as they are. If we're as bitter as they are and unforgiving as they are. Hey, they're already like that. Why should they come to Jesus Christ if they look at you and you are just like they are? What will attract people to Jesus Christ is when we walk around in this messed up world with what the Bible calls a joy unspeakable. In the world that doesn't understand it. What the Bible calls a peace that passes all understanding. If we're gonna change this world for Jesus, we gotta be different than the rest of the world. And I learned that the hard way this past week. I uh, was going down the road and I was listening to talk radio. Now, I'm not saying bury your head in the sand, don't listen to the news. I'm not saying that. But y'all do understand y'all can overdose, I can overdose on news. You do understand that, right? So I'm running down the road and I'm listening to this talk radio stuff and I'm getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And um, I go to a gas station, get some gas. I'm gonna go through the car wash I go to the car wash, punch my coat in, the thing doesn't work. And I'm still listening to this talk radio stuff. So I park the car, truck, I go in, I'm angry, I'm standing in line, Biden administration, mask and totalitarian government, trying to take over America, and and I'm just, and this guy in front of me in line goes like this, he goes, Pastor Chad, I go to your church. (laughs) And I literally, I went, Praise God. (laughs) Great brother, great testimony, bless my heart. When he walked away, y'all know what I did? I went right back. Y'all, I'm not making this up. I went right back to, I can't believe this government's running. We can't, blah, blah, blah. And there's a young lady at the the cashier's thing. And so many people there and she's running back and forth. And she's one of those ladies, I don't know if you've ever met somebody like this. Whatever industry she's going to be in, she's going to be a success. Because she's smiling and happy. She knows how to work with people. Have you met somebody like that before? And does that kind of make you even more angry when you're in a bad mood to see somebody happy like this? And so I get to the front of the line. Like, I, I don't have time for that. I'm sorry, this car wash is not working. And I need y'all to either fix it or give me a refund. She goes, Pastor Chad, I go to your church. And I said, okay, God, I got it. I got it. <laughs> hey, how different would my attitude have been if before I walked into that place, I had saturated my mind and my spirit with Jesus music, God honoring music. I think my whole demeanor would have been different. Do you see what I'm saying? There's something powerful about that. And so the song of Moses is a song of victory and we can have through praise and worship and music, victory over the flesh, victory over depression, anger and anxiety. And look at this, we can have victory over death. 
The context of this passage are individuals who faced death itself and came through it victorious. I did some reading this past week. I love reading about martyrs. Do you know how many stories I've read about martyrs that said this? As they were beheaded, they were praising the Lord Jesus Christ. As they were burned alive, people could hear them praising the Lord Jesus Christ. They had a song of victory in their heart. I remember when I was a young pastor going to a hospital room of a family that did not know Jesus as their father died. And it was a horrible experience. And literally walking across the hallway in that hospital to a family I didn't know, but their 80-something-year-old mother was in the bed drawing her last breath. And the family was around her singing hymns to the Lord Jesus Christ. It was powerful. I remember Darla, as her grandmother was leaving this world and going to the next, she shared a hymn with her. We had a great lady in our church named Nancy. And as she was dying, we put the phone to her ear. And my wife and my daughter sang her favorite hymn as she went on to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thought about that this past week. And I thought, what song? Now, I know I'm a morbid man, but here's what I thought this past week. Do I have a song ready to sing if I die? If I'm martyred one day, Pastor, that'll never happen here. You sure about that? If I'm martyred in those final moments, what song would I sing to the Lord Jesus? Or if I'm in that hospital room and I'm dying, what song would I sing to the Lord Jesus Christ? And I felt bad because I couldn't think of anything. And this thought hit me. So look, if y'all kill me or if I'm dying, you're going to hear me sing one of these two songs. Okay, this thought hit me. I'm either going to sing this song. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I'm going to sing that song. Or in those final moments, when that sword comes up, before it comes down, you're going to hear me sing this song. Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away to my home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory. I'll fly away when I die. Hallelujah. By and by, I'll fly away. I, that, that's the song I'm going to sing. Now, here's the problem. Some of y'all don't have a song of victory in your heart. Because I go on your playlist and it's all junk. In fact, here's a song I guarantee is on somebody's playlist today because it was the number one song in America what, last week or the week before. So this is the only song that's in your heart. Now imagine this. You've been told to kneel down. The sword comes up. You're about to die or you're in the hospital bed and this is it and you're about to flatline and because you don't have a song of victory in your heart, you only have the latest pop song. So here's what you're going to sing. You ready? Yeah, whoa, whoa. I'm too sexy for this syrup. Too sexy for your girl, too sexy for this world, too sexy for this ice, too sexy for that jack. Yeah, yeah, and she popped a Tesla. Now she's going electric. Okay, all right, that's fine. Okay, I ain't done spending. Yeah, no penny pension. I spend it bags in and out, bags. My man ain't going to steal it, hunted bags for her, make these young hoes wish they were rich. What, the, what does that even mean? That doesn't make any sense. Hey. No, thank you. I think I'll keep my song in my heart. I think I got my song of victory ready. When the boss calls you in and says, we don't need you anymore. You need to have a song of victory ready in your heart. When the doctor says, the tests are back, it's cancer. 
you got to have a song of victory ready in your heart. When the bank calls and says, your account is empty, you got to have a song of victory ready in your heart. In those final moments, when you realize you're about to draw your last breath, you got to have a song of victory ready in your heart. Because soon there's going to be no more pain. Soon there's going to be no more sorrow. Soon we're going to home. Look, this world is not your home. Y'all do realize that. We're just passing through. One day we'll be home. One day we're going to fly away. One day we're going to be with Jesus. One day we're going to look upon his face. One day we're going to live with him forever and ever. So what are you scared of? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. God is for us. God's for us. going to be against us. Hey, you may die. You may die this week. I'll give you a good funeral and I'll see you in heaven again. We have nothing to fear, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So I'm gonna ask the warriors of God right now to lift up holy hands and receive this blessing spoken into Joshua. Many, many years ago, for Joshua went out to change his world, God said to him, Chazach ve'amatz, atarot ki imcha Adonai elehecha behold asher telach, which means church, be bold, be strong. Y'all don't be afraid and you don't be terrified of anything. Why? Because this week, the Lord your God is going to be with you everywhere you go. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Thanks for joining us for today's Truth Unfiltered broadcast. We invite you to join us again next time for more great teaching from Pastor Chad Harvey, teaching pastor at Cross Assembly Church of Raleigh. If you would like more information about Pastor Chad or Cross Assembly, visit crossassembly.org. Again, that's crossassembly.org. Celebrating over 20 years as senior pastor of Cross Assembly, Chad Harvey brings the truth unfiltered of God's Word to your daily life. Originally from Salisbury, North Carolina, His passion for reaching the lost, sending out spirit-filled agents to a global mission field, and equipping each member to lead their family in the amazing love and grace found only in Jesus has been the cornerstone of his time and leadership at Cross Assembly. Together with his family and a loving pastoral staff serving all throughout the week, they welcome you with open arms with any need, question, or request for spiritual guidance you face today. More than just a radio Bible teacher, Discover the true blessing of joining God's family right here in the Triangle at one of our two campuses with a third coming this fall. Join us any Sunday for our online worship service at crossassembly.org. That's crossassembly.org. You'll be glad you did.
Dream Center started back in 2014. Since then, it's been amazing to see how we started in more communities. And even through the pandemic, we grew from serving seven communities and ultimately impacting 57 communities over a short time. But watching the impact, it was the local churches that were stepping up. It was people like you that were coming out. You're serving, you're volunteering, and just pouring into the community for the sake of God's kingdom. Looking forward, we want to encourage you to be involved. If you're not familiar with us, go look at our website, RaleighDreamCenter.org. You can see all the places Places where you can volunteer, you can help package the groceries in our warehouse. You can come serve out in the communities. You can play with kids and hang out. Or if you're in the recovery world and you, you know somebody, maybe you have a family member who's going through it and you want somebody to walk alongside them, keep the Dream Center in mind. Send them along to us. We'd love to, to walk that walk with people uh, because we love people and we believe that's where Christ called us to go. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, uh, we see the great response where Jesus was said, I, I, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. And just all of these practical ways that the believers are supposed to walk and operate and how it's truly serving Christ in those ways. Thank you for those that volunteer. Thank you for those that give to this ministry. And together we can continue having a long lasting legacy here in the Raleigh area. You're always welcome to visit us at any of our locations for Sunday morning services. You'll find locations and service times on our website. To support this ministry, text CROSS to 45777. That's CROSS to 45777. Join us again next time for more teaching with Pastor Chad Harvey, teaching pastor of Cross Assembly Church in Raleigh, and more of God's truth unfiltered. (laughs) 